Hello, everybody. Hello. I don't know why I said hello that way. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Welcome to Jills of All Trades. I'm Cinnamon with YouTube channel Country Crafts. And I'm Julianne with Dirt Patch Heaven on YouTube as well. Uh, just wanted to say thank you again uh, to everybody. Our Instagram uh, is starting to get more followers. So I just want to tell everybody I appreciate everybody who's been adding us. Um, we are going to start uh, putting more things up there. And uh, Julie and I are kind of having a game plan of what episodes we're going to have um, lined up and stuff. So then that way we can let you know what one's coming next. And then you guys can comment on it. Um, so if you want our Instagram, it's Jills of All Trades podcast. It's the same name for our Facebook page and for our YouTube page and for our website. So Jills of All Trades podcast.com. Um, we do have something, a new feature on there that my husband Derek just added. Um, it is going to be, uh, I forget where he said, it's going to be on the, the page, the Jills of All Trades podcast.com, where you can download the episodes. That way you don't have to uh, use up all of your data um, on like your phone and stuff. Uh, so as soon as you click on, you know, you go to download and then as soon as you click an, um, an episode, it will automatically download it for you. Um, so go ahead and get started, Julie. Anything new happened with your garden and your side of the country? <laughs> Um, let's see. We have lots and lots of tomatoes right now. The girls have picked all of the raspberries and strawberries and cherry bushes clean. Uh, the pears are coming on, but I don't know how much longer they'll last because, again, the girls are picking them green and eating them as they are, mm -hmm. which happens every year. There's never anything to can or dehydrate because the girls, it's what they live on. Um, and let's see, do we have anything else that's coming on? We have some herbs that are doing really well. But other than that, I think right right now we've just been butchering a lot of geese. And so the, the garden has been a little bit on the back burner while we've been butchering animals. And so all I do is go out and water it. And again, the girls graze. And so there's never anything left over for harvesting. You know, just grazing. Uh, a couple of different things popped into mind while you were talking. Um about that the first when we were little whenever we'd go over to our grandma's uh she had uh apple trees pear trees uh she had plum trees like she had everything in her backyard and we used to just oh we'd walk and oh the cherries back there like we would just walk and just just eat the entire time mm -hmm. you know while our yeah all the adults would you know talk inside we would just be outside just eating <laughs> the entire time yeah. that's what it kind of reminded me of um Second thing, uh, I was going to go ahead and Google it, but I figured, I'm sorry, I have to ask you instead <laughs> because it'd just be um, a lot easier to kind of explain what I'm talking about. Um, I have cilantro and mm -hmm. I have basil in my garden. Now, when things go to seed, what happens to like the actual plant that's left on there? Does it get, I feel like it gets smaller or like what, do you know what I mean? It toughens up. When, when, when things go to seed, um, they just, sometimes they'll get more intense. And if I remember correctly, cilantro, the seed to that is actually another, uh, herb. If I remember right. Um, that's what I, that's what I think. There's some of, there are some plants where 
it's the seed that you use as the herb and some of them it's the um, the leaves and some of them it's the stem kind of a thing and so depending on the herb um, sometimes they're at their most aromatic when the seeds come out and some of them they just toughen up and you don't want to use the leaves anymore because they're not soft anymore Okay. and so it, it kind of depends on the plant with cilantro you kind of want to do it before as far as using the leaves you want to do it before they go to seed because then they start to get kind of woody on their stems and basil I've had basil go to seed before and um, I still use the leaves as long as it's getting enough water Okay, because um, I planted basil in two different spots, and they were just a little bit behind each other, and the one com mm -hmm. completely went to seed, and I'm just like, are there any leaves left on it? And I'm like, man, I didn't pick it, because uh, the tricky right. thing about basil with tomatoes is that tomatoes take longer. Uh, I feel like right. I've been waiting forever. Like, I, they're all green, <laughs> and they're just yeah. not coming in, and I want to make spaghetti sauce, so I've been waiting to pick my yeah. basil, and then the area that I first planted it in has all gone to seed. And so I'm just like, mm, do I even try to get any off of that? And then I looked at my other, you know, part and there was three plants and they look like they're starting to go to seed. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to just pick up now and then, you know, hang it upside down to dry and just use or dry. A lot of times as they start to go to seed, if you'll clip them, if you'll cut them and water them really good, they'll, they'll actually leaf out again. Like cut uh, off and where and the that's what I would do. Out? I would, I would cut it off and leave a few inches, water it really good, and then it'll leaf back out rather than going to seed. Okay. Um, so the cilantro, uh, we usually, like last year, we made this one Mexican dish that Derek really likes, and he likes the cilantro in it, so I'm always excited during the summertime. Like this summer, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. he's going to like the cilantro. I'm going to use a lot of it. We haven't been making it. We've been eating a lot of eggs <laughs> from our hens and right. stuff. And so it's all like it's a big bush of flowers, like, you know, it's all blooming and everything. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't I don't think I should even I probably shouldn't then with that. Well, it, it won't hurt you. Go in and look for new for new leaves, but just cut it back. Take take a half of it and cut it back. Water it really good because the new growth requires a lot of water, but it'll just it'll just leaf back out and it'll come back and it'll put on lush, soft um, leaves and that's what you do with your herbs is, is you is you cut them back and let them come back as new growth and, and it'll fix it for you. Just water. Make sure you put plenty of water if it needs fertilizer. Add some fertilizer at that point and um, it will believe that it's a new plant again. Okay. Um, uh, there was another thing I was going to ask you. Oh, you said that sometimes you dry out stuff when you were talking about your, your raspberries mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Um do you freeze it rather, or you like to dry them out? Like what part, what do you dry out? In that? The leaves. Is that what you're talking about? The leaves on the raspberries? Oh, what? Um, the, it's herbal. You can use red raspberry leaves as part of a tea for female problems. I didn't. Is that, is that what we're talking about? Is yeah, it, is I didn't about... know. Um, cause I, cause you were talking about the raspberries and strawberries and pears. And then you said, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have enough to, um, to dry them out. To dehydrate. Dehydrate, yeah. And so I'm like, well, what mm -hmm. should dehydrate? I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> um, we like to dehydrate our apples and our pears. Uh, if it was strawberries or raspberries, I'd probably make them into jam. It makes things, uh, makes the flavor go further. Unless you have a ton of berries, you don't get very much if you're uh, uh, dehydrating them or freezing them. At, you know, like with jam, you're actually adding sugar and it's just the flavor of the fruit in the jam. 
Um, I, I think jam and that kind of thing just makes your fruit, as far as your berries, go a little bit further, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I. Oh, did you want to add anything else about your garden before I... No. <laughs> okay. Um, I did have a lot of zucchini that came in, and uh, my mom has this really cool recipe that she got off a friend. Like, she said she basically had to beg it off of her. <laughs> she finally got it mm -hmm. out of her or whatever. Um, so I'm actually probably going to go ahead and put that in the ebook. Um, oh, good. So uh, they could have that, too. So I'm going to be making some zucchini bread and freezing that. Um I have some cucumbers that have been a lot of cucumbers that are coming out. So last night actually was the first night I, I used a pressure cooker mm -hmm. or a canner or whatever. Um, uh -huh. And I did beets and they turned out okay. Um, mm -hmm. So I have like that big book. It's a ball recipe. Uh, it has like 400 uh -huh. different, you know, recipes and stuff. So yeah. I want to make pickles like dill pickles yeah. with uh with the cucumbers because that would be awesome but um mm -hmm. something that really stinks kind of happened um yesterday okay well yesterday Derek was doing stuff on the honey-do list while I was at work which was awesome there's this one thing that I've been wanting to get done like for a very long time and so he had time yesterday and he was on a ladder he went to uh like the part of our roof that you know um kind of looks like an A or whatever um on one uh -huh. side of it uh, the birds had really gotten in there and gotten nest in there and everything. So he went up a ladder to like take it down and to clear out the nest. And he was going to put up, you know, like um, stuff to block them from getting in there again. Yeah. And he starts taking out the nest and stuff. And he must have brushed up uh, where there was a wasp nest. Oh, no. And they started coming down and, and one of them stung him on the face and so he jumped off the ladder, like, instinctively, and he hurt his ankle. Oh, no. So he is not <laughs> able to do uh, anything right now. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, man, that stinks. That stinks for him. That stinks for, you know. And I actually was listening to our positive podcast um, today at work. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? It's okay. Because I remember – you had said on it about, you know, when John couldn't work and you had to work and stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's good that you have a, an income and you're able to work. And I'm like, I need to think that because I told her it wouldn't be fair, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, yeah. that podcast definitely helped me listening to that again. Um, <laughs> Isn't that funny? But, yeah. <laughs> but, I feel the same way. Yeah. I um, the, the, uh, the thing that really stinks, though, is that I went into to put the chickens up because that's his thing. You know, when it starts to get dark, they actually go in the pen and you just have to close the door. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I went in there and there's this chicken like um, we have these like carton or like a uh, gallons, like gallon drums type things uh -huh. uh, that they sit in for their nest. And they're all lined up on a shelf. And there's this one chicken that's always in there. And whenever I come around, they'll all follow me because I usually I'll start tearing off some lamb's quarter and they all go crazy for it. Mm -hmm. Like they love it. And that one yeah. never comes out, mm -hmm. hasn't been coming out for a while. And so last night I went in there and it was sitting down. And so I kind of put my hand underneath it to kind of, you know, get it to stand up to see if there's any eggs underneath her. And she walks out and she stands there completely still and the bottom part of her was down. So I'm like, 
okay, maybe she's going to lay an egg. So I'm sitting there for like 20 minutes and I'm just looking at her because she's standing dead still and she's like slowly closes her eyes and she's just standing there and like not doing anything. And so I'm like, this is really weird, you know? And so I pet her a little bit and like the underside of her looked uh, raw, like it was really red and I'm Mm -hmm. like, and I have no idea why, um, I've never had a chicken that had it really raw right there before. And Derek called me today and he said, um, one of the chickens died. And I'm like, yeah. what? And it, it was that chicken. It, it was just in, it went back yeah. into uh, the drum or whatever and, and it died. And I have no idea why. Yeah. Um, she could have been egg bound and sometimes, uh, I had a hen like that that we got uh, that she was just, for one thing, she was a little bit older. And a lot of times when, when hens get egg bound, they will, um, they'll just get really mopey. It means they can't pass their eggs. It's impacted. and Or maybe they, they got chased by something and one of the eggs got broken inside. Oh. And sometimes what will help is to soak them in water to get some water up into their vent, their egg laying vent. Um but every time I've had an egg-bound hen, I have just butchered her when I saw that that's what was happening because she's, you know, I've never been able to save one, so now I, I don't even try. I just I just put them out of their misery because it's a long, slow, painful death. Um, and it's just something where if you ever see one of your animals that seems to be off their game, uh, a lot of times I will put them out of their misery. I, I'll Sometimes I'll separate them out. From wherever it is they're tr- they've gone to die, because if they stay in one place for a long time, a lot of times they're hiding from another animal or they're just trying to die. And I noticed um, that none of the other I, hens were really bothering her at all. Yeah, they may have just forgotten about her because she'd been up there. If they stay there too long, they starve to death. If if they, I, I did. If they seclude themselves, I saw that she was just standing up there still because I you know I left and then I came back later. And she was still there, so I grabbed a handful of food and I put it right in front of her, and she didn't move still. And I'm just like, yeah. well, she doesn't look like she's skinny, so yeah. It, it I would imagine that she was just egg bound because that's what I have found when they have a really red butt, and um, not on their back but on their underside, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just their time. And the any animal that acts off their game like that. They're, they will probably die. Sometimes if you can have them out in the open more so that they're not indoors at all, it'll bring them around. If, you know, if they can be out on the grass and have clean water and just be eating grass for a little while, it seems to help them. Uh, when they struggle the most is when they're in uh, enclosed situations. Um, in winter, that's a lot of times when I'll lose them or when it's just coming into spring and they're still spending a lot of time indoors. Mm-hmm. Um my animals just always are 100% healthier when they're always out on the grass and they're really free range all the time. You could have something built up also in your barn if they were in there uh, without being out for a really long time. You could have, watch watch your other hens, and if so, I would say maybe uh, find a way to segregate them in a different part of the barn, clean out the old part of the barn really well, and don't have them in it for a few months. <coughs> Okay. Well, because we have two different stalls. One's the winter one. It's more insulated, and then they're in the summer one right now. Yeah. Um, 
don't mind my cough or if I sound like a dude. Do you ever like get a cold and then like your voice changes a little bit and you feel like you totally sound like a guy? <laughs> uh huh. Um, Hello, my name is Norma. Yeah, right. I'm on the Icelandic <laughs> hockey team. So I do have to apologize for my voice. It's just that um, ragweed or ragweed is I- I'm allergic uh-huh. to it and it's very prevalent in August. Um, that's uh-huh. when it's it's out and stuff. And so yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started with the show and everything. I just I. I, okay. I wanted to ask you because Derek's like, you know, uh, he we had no idea what it was. So Derek, we got a huge basket of all these eggs. And Derek's like, I want to throw them out. He's like, I don't know what was wrong with that chicken or anything like that. And oh, so- I wouldn't worry about that. It, it won't hurt the eggs at all. There, if, if anything, she was most likely egg bound, which doesn't affect the eggs at all. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Because then we can have some dinner. Um, okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> um, let me see if there's anything. Nope, I got that. Okay, so we'll go ahead and go over our scripture, and then we'll get to our subject, which I'm really excited about, and I I feel like both of us have, um, we're not calling out our mothers or anything, but right. we do have, you know, people who are very dear and close to our heart who go through some things, as well as ourselves. Everybody goes through it, um, I think, to some degree, uh, the subject that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and have you go ahead and start us off with uh, whatever scripture you picked for today. Okay. Um, I picked Hebrews 13.5, and it says, Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I'm I'm really harping on the fear thing lately. I, I am obsessed with a show that I heard from Living on a Dime where they talked about the reason that people go into debt is because of fear. That they are afraid of not being beautiful enough, afraid that they aren't skinny enough, afraid that some horrible natural disaster will come and if they don't have X, Y, and Z, they'll all die. Um, Fear of not being as good as your neighbor. Fear, 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 fear. And, um, And so reading this, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And what... What that means to me is that there is a difference between having what you need and having what you think you need because you're afraid of a certain outcome. Um, and, And I think fear also keeps you from sharing with others and being open with others. And, um, and so for me, it's, it's a really big deal to look around and say, okay, what is it that I really need? Can I re-gift some of the things that I am only keeping out of fear? Fear that maybe my mother will see that I don't have it anymore because she gave it to me. Mm-hmm. Fear that my family will not be as well off without it. But if we never use it, what it's really doing is taking up my time. And so, um, and and I think everybody has this love of money because love is, our money is like this enormous backup plan. You know, it's that my my family will never go hungry if I have enough money. And then when you have enough money, you're like, well, now I'm going to go out and buy everything that my family ever wanted. And um, and I think money, having enough or not having enough, can be an obsessive thing for people, I think, for all of us. Because to us, it feels like insurance that we'll never be hungry. Right. So that's my scripture. Yeah. Well, I like it. I um when you were talking about, you know, with your mothers and, uh, if they see that we get rid of something, um, I think with my mom, I, I've built up a, a relationship with her where I've been very honest. Um, she, her love language is gift giving. So, 
Um, it makes it very hard <laughs> when that's how she shows, you know, how she appreciates you. She wants to get you something that she knows you need or whatever. And so if we ever yeah. mention something, then she is such a bargain shopper. She'll find 50 of it. And then you have to be like, well, I, I don't need it anymore. I, You know what I mean? And so I've developed a relationship with her enough where we've been hanging out and we've been at a thrift store before. And if we see something uh, and she wants to get it for me. And I'm like, oh, that is cool. And she's like, okay, I'll get it for you. And I'm like, but I don't want it. And she goes, but you said it was cool. I said, yeah, but I don't have a place for it. And she's like, well, you know, and I'm like, no, I, 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 you know, so I show her all the time that I say no. And so now our relationship is that if she gets me something, she's like, well, okay, I know you don't need it. So I went ahead and got it for you anyways. But if you don't want to keep it, that's okay. I will just sell it in my garage sale. And I'm like, okay. Right. So it's nice, excuse me, it's nice that we have that kind of, you know, that bond and stuff. Um, right. But it's very, it's very true having a fear of everything, which isn't it funny when, when you hear that from someone else, like if you have a friend who's talking and they're like, oh, I like money because it tells me da, 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 da. And when you're outside the box, you're like, well, you don't have to think that way because, and you can explain why, but when it's yourself, you never think about fixing the problem or thinking a different way. You just accept the way that you think about it and run with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Instead of mm -hmm. actually trying to apply these things. Um, so yeah, I feel like if there's any way that people can listen to the podcast and just kind of use it as an encouragement to try and reiterate these things that we know deep down, we know these things, you know, but it, it just yeah. it brings it to the forefront of your, of your mind. Um, right. and I know I've picked this verse before, but that's how good it is. I just have to say it again. Um, it's Matthew six nineteen and 20 it says, <laughs> I almost picked that one. I almost picked that one. <laughs> I'm glad I warned you that I was going to. <laughs> Right. Um, it says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and, and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust, rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Um, so God tells us not to lay up treasures. But what do we do? Look at everything I got. Those are treasures. Right. They're you. They're you yeah. consider them treasures because they're they're important to you. They're something that's yours and you've earned it or you've found it. It's treasure. So yeah. if we all just lived by that, um, everybody would have you know what a little something to make them happy instead of you know just this many people. <coughs> Sorry. Just this many people having a bunch of stuff and this people not having anything. You know what I mean? It'd be more right. spread out, I feel. Um, hold on. I'm going to get another cough drop. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. Um, well, and I 100% I agree with that because it's not I, – I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having what you need and having more to share. I think that what happens – though is a lot of times we replace things with people. Mm -hmm. Like we, we have things instead of relationships. We have things instead of experiences. And so we collect these things to show how much we have when in reality they're cutting us off from doing the things that we really want to and being with the people that we really care about. Right. And 
Um, so we wanted to talk today uh, basically about purchases and how to regulate them, like what steps you can take to make sure that you're making a, a good purchase, um, making sure you're re- making it for the right reasons, and some things to consider while you're making these purchases. And kind of uh, look at the, the whole um, emotions behind it and all that. So the first thing we wanted to talk about... <coughs> Man, hold on. I'm sorry. I gotta get a drink. Um, okay. Take a drink. Take a break. Um, so our first thing was why purchasing is exciting. Why is it that it's this huge thrill to go and and get something, whether we need it or not? Why is there this adrenaline rush associated with purchasing things? Right. You feeling better? Yeah. Man little better <clears throat> yeah i had to get some water <laughs> thank you <laughs> um yes uh for some reason um we just we have to look at why we're excited and there's certain things in our lives that happen that make us excited uh new relationship you know some news about stuff and then getting something even if it's something that we don't need makes us really excited and so I think if we save our excitement for things that are very important, then those things wouldn't look as appealing. When we find a deal that gets us really, really excited, um, and mm-hmm. I think that it takes our focus off, A, do we need it? And B, would we pay or would we get this if it was regular price? Um, instead of looking at the mm-hmm. item itself, <clears throat> we're just concentrating on the fact that it's a deal. Um, and having that mentality is actually, it's very, very dangerous. Um, it can lead to, um, some major hoarding. Um, I had a client, uh, who they actually went through the Dave Ramsey thing, um, scenario where all they owed on was their house. So they had the money, um, and they would find these deals on food. And so they would stock up on, you know, oh, well, this is, you know, so cheap. And they, they would get multiples where they had too much food and it was going bad. Um, right. They also started stocking up on uh, when they found deals for different presents for their kids and everything. Um, yeah. They had so many presents and they put it up in the closet so the kids couldn't get to it. And they just kept adding to it. So the stuff that was in the very back, their kids are now too old for. They can't even use it right. anymore. Um and they can't get to that closet. They can't use it for the purpose of, you know, putting their clothes in there because there's so much of the other stuff. Well, so. and and don't you think, going back to the excitement, and I think this comes into buying presents for other things is, or for other people, is the, the, the joy of window shopping, the actual process of shopping where you make the decision of what you want. So much of it, if you think about, you know, we do it a lot online now, but it used to be, there used to be downtowns and malls and everything. And you'd walk past uh, the displays and what you felt like you were buying was the lifestyle. You weren't buying the object. Right. You were buying the dream of whatever you think went along with looking like that. And Mm -hmm. so you have this thrill of, of, of being this mannequin or being this person that you saw wearing this thing. And then you get home and it turns out you're still you. And so of course the thrill goes away because what they're selling you in the store is a daydream. They're selling you a lifestyle, a daydream, a promise of being 
something different by owning this object, but you go home and that object doesn't turn you into whatever that dream is. And you know, and so you right. feel a letdown. Right. And I, I totally had something I was going to say. I totally forgot. Um, window shopping. Yeah. I, I, lifestyle. Replacing <laughs> your lifestyle. Being someone who you are not and who you don't necessarily want to be. Uh, no, when you're talking about, um, I can't remember what it was. It'll come back to me in like five minutes or 50 minutes. One of the two. It'll definitely well, come back. Well, and haven't you noticed that, uh, I mean, talking about the, the um, closet that you were saying, a lot of times my parents would buy gifts that they were super excited about. I actually had my parents buy me a huge set of cast iron pans when I turned 17 because they wanted me to have it for when I got married. I was 17. And it was an enormous set of cast iron, or not cast iron, of... of uh, stainless steel very nice they bought one for all the girls in our family and we were supposed to just store put them in storage for five years until we got married now they bought that for me for christmas now what i could have used was some new socks and some new underwear and maybe a new bedspread these things i had asked for but their dream for me was that i would have this amazing stainless steel pan set in five or fifteen years whenever i got married i couldn't use it in the present i had some things i could use in the present but their daydream for me got in the way of them purchasing something that i actually wanted and needed at the time yeah and that's why i do say like when you're buying presents for people um, buy it for the person, not what you would want or anything like that. The person, the whole point of buying for somebody is to buy for somebody. <laughs> it's, it's something yeah. that they can use that they need. Um, and I remember what I was going to say, I was going to say, if we all follow the verse that you were talking about in scripture, where we were content with what we had, then when we walk past those window displays, they wouldn't appeal to us because we'd be like, yeah. Oh, that looks cool. And then we keep walking. Um, yeah. So there is a thrill, especially if there's a deal. But you can't let that – you cannot let that influence your your buy. Um, so what I do is um, – well, okay, I'm going to go out of order um, on our thing. But um, what I do is uh, it doesn't matter if there's a deal. Would I buy that if it was – regular price you know what I mean if there wasn't a deal because then that tells me that I'm not getting it just because it's a deal it's something that I would right. actually want so that's a rule of thumb pretend there's no deal would you get it number two right do you have a specific spot for it or a specific use for it this is a big one right um a lot of people will get all these organizational tools and especially if it's on a deal, you know, oh, these bins were on a deal and they're organizing. So if I buy them, I'll be organized. No. Right. Um, if you buy a bunch of organizing bins and you don't know exactly what you're going to put into them, then when you go to organize, you're going to try and fit different things to fit the bins. When instead, if you are going to organize something and I see, you know, oh, I have all of my packets of like seasoning or something like that that I want to do. I need a bin about this big. God will provide it for you. And you'll be able to, get, you know, you get that specific bin because you already know the right. need for it instead of. And it know. happens all the time. 
Isn't that bizarre? All the time, you finally get things organized, and, you're, and, and you resisted the urge to go buy the special hoodie-doodie thing to put them in, and then Aunt Flo gives it to you. You know, some lady off the street is just like, I was just throwing it away, and you're like, oh, praise the Lord. That's exactly what I needed. Thank you. I didn't have to spend five bucks. Right. For my uh, Right before my wedding, I was at a garage sale, and I'm like, I don't know how to decorate, you know, the pews that were in the church that we were we had it at, and um, this lady had this this board like a huge poster board and she had all these bows on it like big satin bows and uh i'm like oh and it said you know this much for however much and i'm like well i only have like two dollars left i'm like so can i have this many she goes hold on a second and she goes inside and comes back out she's like you can just take all of them and i'm like seriously she's like yeah and i'm like thank you so much like you know, it's definitely yeah. a way to bless somebody else, by the way. Garage sales are awesome. Um, but anyways, um, so don't buy, you know, just if there's a deal. Um, only buy if there's a need and you have a specific spot for it. Um, there have been a lot of times, like I said, when I've been with my mom and I really like something, but I I kind of do it just to show her that it's a possibility that I can really like something and she can really like something, but if she doesn't have a spot back at the house to put it, then don't yeah. get it, you know. Well, and one of the one of the one something you said brought it brought to mind the coupon people. I have a lot of friends that loved to do couponing because it saved them so much money. But what I noticed was that a lot of the things that are couponed are heavily sweetened, heavily salted, heavily fried. Mm-hmm. They have they're incredibly highly processed food. You don't see coupons like that on cheese or milk or vegetables. And so a lot of people were saying, oh, I'm adding all this stuff to my food storage. I'm adding all this stuff into my basement, um, into my basement storage. But the thing was, is none of it was healthy for them. And it was a matter of filling up with garbage rather than saving that money and going and buying quality that would improve their health. Instead, they had things like overly sugared granola bars and overly sugared yogurt and um, which... Uh, again, out of fear, thinking uh, we have to have food storage. This is all we can afford, so we'll buy nasty granola bars. Um, I will, and, and I think that can be bad. <laughs> and I will say this, it may be a little off topic, but um, there is the whole idea that, you know, it's more expensive to eat healthy. But if you look at the cost of, like, cheap, you know, bad food, plus the cost that you have to pay for health, and then the mm-hmm. cost, you know, like health uh, to get healthy, you know, like doctors and all that stuff. And then the cost also of you having to have more of the junk food because you're getting bigger and have to eat more, you know. So it- so so can't that go into things like, I mean, if we were to segue from there, we could go right from what you just said into exercise equipment. How hard is it to go like what you and Derek did and go for a walk on the road or you could buy the $1,200 treadmill or the Thighmaster Right. You know, this mm-hmm. this accessory clutter of things that are excuse. I, I don't, you know, the exercise thing, I, I've been obsessed with that in the past. But at, at present, I don't understand our obsession with being healthy by buying gadgetry. You know, I was watching uh, Biggest Loser and uh, they had this episode where it was a temptation thing. They had the contestants go to the Grand Canyon and then it showed all of them like sleeping and napping during the day and all this stuff because they didn't have a gym to work out. And so the next uh, 
like they got back and Bob was, this is when Bob was still a trainer. He was mad. And he was like, there's plenty you can do without a gym. And so they did their whole workouts and showed all these things you can do without any equipment at all. And it's possible. Yeah. So, well, and, and don't you think it goes back to lifestyle Are we want that other lifestyle to come easily. We want to be that whatever it is thing. And we believe that by sitting in our cubicle and making our money and then going out and taking our money and purchasing something that we're purchasing a lifestyle that we're going to be tiny and skinny and, and svelte and everything from having these gizmos that we never use, mm-hmm. um, that we're going to be gourmet cooks because we own the right kinds of spatulas <laughs> rather than using Guilty. a very simple tool. <laughs> huh? I said guilty. <laughs> yeah. I I found that I was much more likely to cook when I removed all of the gadgetry and all the extra dishes out of my out of my kitchen because I found that now I had the time instead of washing and sorting through all of this stuff in order to mm-hmm. keep it up to up to health code what or whatever uh <laughs> hygienic instead i found by only having one mixing bowl and only having one uh mix master and no nothing else with beaters or anything i found oh my gosh my my cupboard is so clutter free that when i want to make a batch of cookies for my kids it takes me five minutes because i'm not looking for stuff it's just right there and it's simple and it's my favorite tool and everything else left my house right and um part of talking about this, I wanted to talk about the cons of purchasing so much. And that's kind of, that was one of the things. Um, it takes away, uh, it takes longer to clean. Uh, and we had talked about this in previous podcasts where you cleaned houses and I cleaned houses. And we talked about basically, um, some people are like, oh, I have to clean for the cleaner. No, you have to straighten and the cleaner yeah. will dust and vacuum and wipe stuff down. There's a difference between the two methods of yeah. quote cleaning uh which usually yeah. the women have to explain to the husband and then you know because they're right. like why are we putting stuff away isn't the cleaner gonna do it yeah but right you don't want to use my time of dusting to yeah. pick up something that you can do yourself and you know right anyways um the houses that didn't have all of this stuff out took way less time to manage and that is time that you're taking away from people which is the most important yeah. thing. Anything that you see in your house, any possessions or anything, if you ever watch movies where like the person has to get up and leave everything, the most important thing to that person is their life. You know, yeah. all that other stuff can be replaced. So why do we put such an emphasis on it that we have to have all of it? You know, it crowds right. our... Our, it takes over the time we, that we should be having with our family. It takes over our excitement that should be shared with things that happen for our, with our family. Like, you know, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it, it takes so much away from people having things, yeah. possessions. Um, so it, that's it definitely does. a con. Well, and, and it's one of the reasons why we're moving or, or renting is that I have so many precious things that I'd like to teach or do with my kids. I have animals to take care of. I have farm to take care of. And I have my work here in the house. But the task that is takes the most time away from me in a day is just trying to keep things tidy. Um, because there there's four people in the house, all of which, which have our we all have our things. And yet we're so busy interacting. Well, not even interacting with our things. Just moving our things from here to here to here to here. Uh, that... There's so much repetition 
and 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 it's insane how much repetition there is of cleaning up after our things it it steals it steals days and minutes and hours and years of your life it it just does and and for no good reason it, if you were getting paid to move these things around or if there was some great important life wonderful thing that was involved with moving these things around it would be great but it's not it costs us to keep them clean it takes our time to keep it clean and it takes time away from our family and you don't want to be in a position where um you are forced to have to deal with your stuff all like all at once like what to get rid of and stuff and what I'm talking about is when we have somebody who dies a loved family member think about yourself when I'm gone someone's gonna have to go through all of my things and here's the thing too number one it's a burden for two reasons number one uh while they're grieving, they have to go through and do this really big thing that is, it's not a small task to go through things that people collect their entire life, especially if they're older and they've had the time to accumulate all those things. Number two, when people that are close to you die, us as human beings have that tendency towards things and uh, personalizing things, meaning, uh, well, okay, if my mom died, she really like I'm going through her thing and her, all of her stuff and I don't know what's important to her or what's not. You know, some stuff I see that she owns that I never even seen before, but she has it so it must have been important to her. So I want to keep everything of hers because if I throw it away, it's like right. throwing that person away. Um yeah. I was helping one of my friend or one of my clients organize and she had this small purse thing that there was nothing in it. It was in with her jewelry and stuff and it wasn't holding anything. It had no purpose. And so I showed her like everything I had done. And then I showed her the person I said, so is this like a sentimental thing or, you know, and she goes, well, you know, someone close to her who had died had given her a gift and put it in that. And so I told her, I said, I'm not Mm -hmm. being insensitive, but if you throw this away, you are not throwing that person away. And just something to think about is that if that person was here right now, would they be like, hey, why are you holding on to that? Right. And so um, if we go through our stuff and I say do it little at a time, start now um, going through your stuff a little at a time so that somebody else isn't stuck with doing all of it all at once. And, you know, it's it's hard enough when somebody dies to go through it, but then it's even harder to have to, you know, even it might cause fights with, you know, who gets what and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And you can't take any of that stuff with you anyways. Like. I don't know. Um, well, and my grandma, before she died, about 12 years before she died, she made a list. She sat down with people when they came to visit her, and she wrote their name, and then she wrote down what they wanted. And everybody got a first choice of something. Perfect. And their name went on that thing. And and as the years went by, she started to actually give those things away as people came to visit. The thing they cared about the most went home with them. If she was not hugely attached to it, it went home with them. And if it couldn't go home with them, she actually took a little sticky note and taped it to the object on the back to say, when I'm gone, this goes to this person. And so when she passed away, everybody already had that thing they cared about and everything else went into an estate sale and everybody was happy. Okay, that is very, very, very yes. smart to do. Um, I was going to say the only other situation that you have that, you know, you would kind of, well, that I can think of that you would be forced um, to go through your stuff quickly um, would be if you were moving. Right. So 
I would suggest the second that you find out that you're moving, instead of leaving it for last minute, start going through stuff little by little because moves are stressful enough to have to lift and move and do all that stuff, you know, on top of it going through everything. So what someone could actually do, well, so since you guys are doing your thing, now would be a good time to start going through stuff slowly, which you're doing, which is very, very smart. Um, but, (laughs) um, Something that you could definitely do, anybody could do, is just pretend like you're going to move and, yeah. <laughs> you know, just go from room to room and slowly go through everything. So, What um, would I keep? What would I get so, rid of? Last piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so last bit of advice, just to kind of reiterate everything, don't be emotionally attached to things because you may lose it all. You should be, you know, God should be your number one. And then your family. Um, Have a place for something if you're going to buy something before you pick it up. And if it's one of those, you know, you have to get it right now. Uh, This deal will never come again. Don't do it. (laughs) Derek's actually had to talk me out of that with the forever sharp knife. Mm. And get this. um, I was at the grocery store and they did this whole like, you know, presentation and stuff. And I called Derek. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's on this sale and we really need knives and da 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 And he's like, no. I'm like, but Derek, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and so I call my mom on the way home and I'm like, this stinks because we really need knives. And, you know, and she goes, well, what's it called? I'm like, it's called the forever sharp knife. Like it never goes dull. Right. You don't need to sharpen it or anything. She goes, well, I'll look out for one. So she calls me in like half an hour and she's like, you know what? I actually picked one up at the thrift store the other week, and I don't need it because I have plenty of knives. Would you like it? I'm like, Aww, what? <laughs> I love so that. I was able to have like not the whole set or anything, but I was excited because that's what we use now, and I have it, and I didn't have to pay the sixty bucks because it yeah. usually is like 180. <laughs> but yeah, whatever, exactly. you know. Yeah, it was on sale. That's the thrill of it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Don't go, don't fall into those schemes. Only buy stuff you have a specific place for and a, a purpose for. And don't think that right. that opportunity won't come again. God will, if it's from God, he will give it to you at right. the exact time that you need it. So, um, all right. So if you want to get a hold of us again, whatever you're listening to uh, or whatever you're choosing, whatever app or website you're choosing to listen to our podcast, share it with somebody. That is your homework assignment. And yes, I'm getting a homework assignment. It's not too bad <laughs> to do. So put it on your Facebook, put it, you know, take a picture of like, I don't know, something we put on Instagram and share it on your Instagram. Like <laughs> just any way that we can get the word out there would definitely help yeah. us. Um, so you can find Julie at Dirt Patch Heaven. Cinnamon's YouTube channel is Country Crafts and go check her out there on YouTube. And, um, our podcast is on Jills of all trades podcast.com is our website. And on iTunes, it's just Jills of all trades. And, um, and then our Instagram is, is Jills of all trades podcast. And then my YouTube channel is dirt patch heaven. And, um, we will talk to you next week. Make sure to make sure to go listen to us on your preferred platform. Did you oh. have, um, Mine will thing that you had. Did you pick anything out? <laughs> it was kind of short notice. To take one step at a time. And if you don't take that one step, it's hard for God to move you because it's, 
you know, he can't force you against your will to do what you want to do in your own life. So you might as well be taking that step today. And you can take that step of organizing. Start getting yep, rid of stuff. You can step. do it. <laughs> Don't bring anything yep, in. Exactly. Oh my gosh. If you are somebody who brings <laughs> stuff in at least five times in a month, um, I don't know. Try small steps. Like go a whole week without buying something new or going to a thrift store. You're a human. Don't tempt right. yourself like that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just sort through your old stuff and you find treasures. For Christmas, really, going through stuff that you forgot about. <laughs> Thanks, bye. Bye.